You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the Midweek Mailbag. We are back for another week. We took a week off. Now we're back. And it's Combine Week. It's, uh... Nothing's going to happen at the Combine this week. No big stories or anything, I'm sure, to talk about. Um, just measurements, and that's it. Um, but we're we're here. We're going to answer Detroit Lions questions, and Lions questions only, uh, live here on twitch.tv slash Pride of Detroit. You can join us every-ish Tuesday at 12.30 p.m. Eastern, twitch.tv slash Pride of Detroit. Uh, for a live audience, obviously, you can listen to us on the podcast feed as well. My name is Jeremy Reisman. I am the producer over at Pride of Detroit. You can find me at Detroit Online on Twitter. And with me, as always, answering your questions as well is the managing editor of Pride of Detroit at Eric Schlitt on Twitter. It's Eric Schlitt. How are we doing, buddy? You know, it's uh, it's it's been a little busier than I think you uh, are uh, sarcastically leading into. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you know, look, whenever you get 32 GMs, 32 coaches, entire scouting departments and 32 beat teams of beat writers plus all the draft nooks all in one place the news comes fast and furious and uh weeding through it and finding the stuff that's important that's 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 the trick right because lots lots of uh lots of stuff just every second seems like it's coming out of uh indianapolis but that's you know that, that's part of it, and we haven't even gotten to the fun stuff yet because uh, we'll see the the sure Lions enough. take podium here uh, coming up pretty soon, and then yeah. on field drills to, to on Thursday, and away we go. That's right. Um, and apparently, it's also tough to wait through the days of the week because I said we'll be here every Tuesday, and it is currently Wednesday. So <laughs> that's what <laughs> happens when it's the off season. Yep, exactly. Um, but let's uh, let's get right to some questions. We got some via Twitter. We're going to have some from our live audience as well. Let's start with Ashley David on Twitter um, asking about the new news about uh, John Fox uh, added as a senior defensive assistant. Um, they ask rank these potential parts of Fox's role in order of importance. Oh. Uh, yeah, so, so four things here. Uh, an impartial evaluator of the roster, specifically the corners. John Fox comes from a, a defensive backs background. Uh, yeah. Evaluation of potential incomings. Uh, help Dre Bly and what's the first name of the defensive line, defensive line coach? Scott, something Scott, whatever. It's a new defensive line coach. <laughs> Sorry. Keep going. We got uh, it. I, I, helping, I'm blanking on it too because helping it's, the new it's, coaches where it is. transition from college coaching to pro coaching. And then four, helping uh, Aaron Glenn game plan, run defensive meetings, et cetera. I would, oh gosh, you know, um, I don't know. It's it's it's, it's a good question, right? Yeah. Um, and stuff because we don't really know what that role is specifically going to be. I feel yeah. like I feel like in general, a senior defensive assistant is just kind of an overseer. Like they're not getting their hands too dirty. They're just like, yeah. They're helping out with a very young coaching staff. 
Right. It's more like in, the way I've always viewed the the senior, uh, you know, ranking coaches um, is kind of like the Chris Spielman role where it's like, yeah. hey, I can help this group in, on this day. I can help this group on this day. I'll be in the team meetings to throw curveballs at you. It's, it's like John Dorsey has that same role with Brad Holmes. And then you have like Chris Spielman who has it kind of like as a liaison between the the front off different parts of the front office and 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 the coaching staff and right. so that's kind of how I always view it so yeah at times he's going to help the newer coaches transition at times he's going to help Aaron Glenn with uh, taking different perspectives on game planning and you know he'll he's the three time head coach in yeah. the NFL like he'll have he'll have stuff to say to um, to Dan Campbell I'm sure right and Campbell will listen and. and and so I think his 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 job is this overarching thing. Um, I don't know if I could even put an order of importance on it, to be honest. Right. Um, which is really what what Ashley's asking for here. Um, I just, but I think, yeah, go ahead. To me, I I don't know if he's going to be that involved in like the day to day like evaluate. Well, I mean, he might be valuable like in the offseason right now where he's evaluating the roster, he's evaluating some potential free agents. But I think more of the day to day stuff is going to be helping install the game plan and help develop game plans um, and just kind of making sure that operation goes smoothly in terms of communication between coaches, communication between players. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm kind of with you. I don't know if there's, if, if he's going to be involved in all four of those things, I think it's more of a, an advisor role, just like overseeing right. everything. It's almost like a management role in, in my opinion, mm-hmm. where you're just kind of overseeing everything, making sure everything goes smoothly. And because he has such an extensive background, you know, he's coached, he's coached in the NFL since 1989. Um, I, I think he's going to have a lot of smart things to say and uh, be a valuable voice to, to bounce ideas off of um, for, like I said, a, a, a pretty young coaching staff here. And the, and just to be clear, John Scott is the the Penn State former former Penn State defensive line coach, uh, now hired on the Lions staff. We don't know for sure that he's going to be the defensive line coach, but all signs point to that, which leads to our next question, uh, <clears throat> because he is replacing replacing Todd Wash, and uh, a lot of people still kind of have their their hands in their pockets, wondering what exactly happened, and we might get an answer from Dan Campbell or, or Brad Holmes later today when they, they speak to the NFL combine. But uh, Warren Haas wants to ask us now and says, uh, my theory that Wash moved on to Carolina because he's in line to become Carolina's next defensive coordinator sooner than maybe in Detroit with Aaron Glenn signing a new contract and uh, Evero being a hot name for a head coaching position next year. Um, Wash would be motivated to make the move if Glenn is here long term. What do you think? Logical. It's, I mean, it's logical, yeah. right? Because, you know, I, I don't know if um, the way the Lions are built, if they would have, if Wash would have been their first choice if Glenn would have left, right? Like yeah. that's, I, I don't think that's a, a feeling that a lot of people got one way or another. Maybe he gets that uh, security in, in Carolina a little bit more. Um, that would make sense. Uh, yeah, I, I hate to speculate too much just because we don't right. know. Right. Um, but that, I mean, that, that logic is, uh, is sound. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I was thinking too. Um, it, it's weird though, because it, the, I guess the point I kind of want to make is I don't, I don't even know who the successor is like, who's in line to be the su- successor 
and at defensive coordinator here because they've gone through a lot of coaches already on the defensive side of the ball. We've mentioned it before. They now they're going to have a new defensive line coach. They they have a new uh, linebackers coach as of last year. Kellen Shepard's promoted for uh, um, the Chicago guy. Man, I'm I'm failing on <laughs> I'm failing on names today, Eric. Um, you're supposed to help me out. Oh, I'm sorry. That wasn't my <laughs> I missed my cue. Um um geez. I almost said Bill Sheridan. That's how oh, far boy. back I went. I went two gener I went I went two coaches back. Um wow, yeah. Um whatever. It's not a Mark Dalion, thank you to our live Mark audience. <laughs> uh wow. and then obviously um you 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 part ways with Aubrey Pleasant last year, so um a lot of overhaul. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, it almost makes me think that maybe there was a, a line to be defensive coordinator um <clears throat> if if um ag went somewhere else but i don't know maybe is is it too early to say kelvin shepherd is i mean he's he's essentially him and uh uh safeties coach duker like are the they're the the seniors of the group now so i don't know do you do you think the lines i mean maybe they would just have to do an external hire if, if aaron glenn goes somewhere yeah it's really hard to say um, because the, yeah, Duker, even though he's only been a, he was only a DB's coach for a year, he was with the organization or he was, he did have experience as a, as a safeties, you know, coach in the past. Um, Shepard was relatively brand new. So he's, I think really raw. Um, the future's there. I, I, I agree with you on that. Um, but it, yeah, it's, it, it is highly possible that they would have to make a directional change outside of the organization. Um, because I don't know if Wash was the answer. It didn't seem like it was. Um, and then I think that, you know, there's even less certainty now, like you were just saying. So, uh, it's, I, mean, it's, I, think, I think, I think the positive spin maybe is there like, maybe, maybe when they gave Aaron Glenn the extension, although I guess it technically may not have happened yet. Maybe, maybe there has been an indication that, that Aaron Glenn is like, all right, it's not my time yet to be a head coach. Maybe, maybe I'll stick around for Detroit for a while. Maybe that's the positive spin. Maybe that's the optimistic spin. Um, You have to believe though, if the Lions take the, the, the team jump that a lot of people are expecting next year, that he's still going to be a popular name. I don't, I don't want to speculate that he's not going to take any of those jobs or take a a shot at any of those jobs, but to me, the, the the only fault in this logic that, that Todd Wash thought maybe there was a, a bigger trajectory in, in Carolina is I just don't I don't know what the succession plan is here. I'm with you. All right. Uh let's move to uh MCDC's burner on Twitter at Quick Stevens S. Uh Okuda started off the season playing great and seemed to burn out towards the end of the season. Do you guys think it's possible that with a full and healthy off season, we get him back to the level of play for the beginning of the year? So this is kind of like an interesting theory, maybe because Jeff Okuda has never played a full NFL season that maybe he just, he hit what a lot of people refer to as the rookie wall in his third season. Do you think that's maybe it's, it's, it's possible. It's possible. The Achilles like, you know, he, he came back from that Achilles and maybe it was, there were some lingering issues because usually, you know, when you have one injury and it's not fully healed, it causes other parts of the body to ache. And so it's possible that this was a culminating effect of, of injuries. He was also injured late in the season as well. Yeah. Um, but that was an upper body injury, if I remember correctly. And so, yeah, it, it it's really uh, another one of these unknown where no one has really gotten a, a great answer on why um, 
he saw his snaps decline uh, as, as drastically as they did. The coaching staff, you know, said they still believed in him. Um, I think the the real telling thing will be, as I always say, you follow the money. If they don't pick up that fifth year option, then that tells you they're not sold on him, and and they think that he's it's a prove it year, and hopefully for his sake, he he is able to come back healthy and prove that he's you know the guy that everyone thought he could be, and that would be great, and I think that'd be a good spot for the Lions, but. Uh, I'm leaning more, I usually lean optimistic, but this is, this is a situation where I'm not so sure I'm leaning optimistic. I think he's, there's some issues that they didn't like. Um, there were obviously, they turned to Mike Hughes and it's not like Mike Hughes is this, you know, barn burning free agent that everybody wants either. It's, this was a average cornerback. Right. And so, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm a little bit concerned that he might not be the player that we all thought he could be, and they're, they're, the flaws maybe are, are are more problematic. If it's health, great, get him a chance. He's got the skills. Yeah, uh, I, I just hope it's not something beyond health. Yeah, and I, I want to talk a little bit more about that fifth year option decision because I've seen some other outlets suggest that it's going to happen. He's going to get it. And this is just all speculation. No, no reports or anything like that. But I think here in Detroit, the narrative is, is much different. I think most people don't expect that fifth year option to be picked up. And I I'm kind of among that um, for, for several reasons. One is what you just outlined. The the guy was benched towards the end of the season. And um, when you asked the Lions coaches about it, they weren't like, Oh yeah, Okuda wasn't feeling good. You know, he's, he's dealing with injury. Their answer was we wanted to get Mike Hughes out there. We like Mike Hughes a lot. That that's not good. <laughs> when you want a a like you said, a kind of a a low priority free agent last offseason to play over your third overall pick from a few years ago, that is not a good sign for your third overall pick. Um, and so I think when you're when you're talking about handing a young cornerback who was benched towards the end of the year a double digit million dollar a year deal that's fully guaranteed, um, that just doesn't seem like something that they would want to do. And I think, I think the lions typically d- handle these sort of situations. Well, like we, we could talk, we could talk about the, the Kenny Galladay and not franchise tagging him a couple of years ago. And, and, and look how that looks now, but with Okuda, I think you're still giving him a chance. You're not closing the door on his lions right. career. If you don't give him this fifth year option, you say, prove it to me last year of your rookie contract. Let's go year four. Pressure's on. You don't have any excuses. You're not rehabbing from any sort of injury. You're having a full off season. You're probably going to have more than a, a good chance to to win a train a, a starting job in, in training camp, like you did last year. But now you're going to have to do it for a full season. Prove it to us, and then we'll reward you at the end of that. All right. I've I've, I've rendered you silent. This is I'm not. No, used we're to rolling. This. We're rolling. <laughs> we are rolling. I mean, that's what I'm not used to. We're we're, we're running through. This is gonna be I, question four already in the first segment, Eric. <laughs> that's 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 good. <laughs> All right. Uh, next question comes from David at David Dale Exish on Twitter. Asks, I hear about QBs and receivers working out together on their own during the off season. Curious if other position groups do this as well. Corners. I know corners do that Um, and tight ends do it as a collective tight end group. Um, Like those are like the tight ends have their own like week long, like thing that they do where they, 
share secrets and talk about ways to beat up on defenders. And uh, it's a, it's a huge thing. Matt Patricia, not um, a fan of that. I hear. Well, he does. He's not a fan of anybody sharing secrets with anybody. Uh, so, but yeah, the, the corners will, will work out. Um, but more often than not, what you get is you get players working out at facilities that either they trust or, it's a good location for them. Uh, you know, a lot of the off, remember a lot of the off season, you're spending time with family and, and guys don't want to uproot and move somewhere away from their family in order to train. And so they'll train locally with other guys. Like um, it was, it was very interesting. Um, Khalif Raymond trained in California last year and hit the quarterback that was throwing to him in California. Do you know the answer to this? I don't think I do. Nate Sudfeld, like, so it's, it's, it's kind of ironic that he ended up with the lions, right? Because he was the quarterback that, that Raymond took passes from. So, um, so yeah, there's, I don't know if there's necessary, like the quarterback and receivers obviously do it because they're trying, you need chemistry. Uh, But I think more often than not, you see it just like, you'll see some position groups working together or just location based stuff. Yeah. Um, the other, the other obvious one is, is our live chat. It's all over his tight end university, right? The, the whole tight end yeah, summit that yeah. happens. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I think I think the chemistry part is is the key here. I don't think the lines necessarily need or can like. I don't think you can build offensive line chemistry by by working out together because half the re- like half the the to get offensive line chemistry, you need a defense that's going to throw you a bunch of different looks and and that just that sort of stuff just doesn't happen because you're not that's not the sort of offensive line training you go through that that's a little too rigorous you don't want to get yourself hurt in the off season. So they, they build, they build in like, they go fishing, right? The <laughs> yeah. line, like the team building. Yeah. 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 They, that's what they do. Um. All right. Let's take a break. Uh. We, because we were just, we were so efficient in that segment. We're going to come back and answer a whole bunch more questions here on our live midweek mailbag. Again, if you want to join us Wednesdays, uh, around 12.30 p.m. Eastern here on twitch.tv slash predatory or always listen to us on the podcast feed, the PODcast feed. But we will be right back on the Midweek Mailbag. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we are back here on the Midweek Mailbag, myself and Eric Schlitt, answering your Lions questions here on twitch.tv slash Pride of Detroit. Let's go to our live audience. BM Giannotti asks us about Brad Holmes's uh, comments with Good Morning Football this morning, where he talked uh, about the quarterback situation. So I'm going to I'm going to read you and our audience the quote that he said. So Peter Schrager was the the host of the show and asked Brad Holmes simply if there's a chance that the Lions use either their first uh, the sixth overall pick or the 18th overall pick on a quarterback. His answer verbatim. It just has to make sense. Obviously, we like Jared. He's our starter, but we don't have a lot of behind him. We're kind of sliding into we were kind of sliding into home plate at the end of training camp, trying to find a backup quarterback. We were able to get Nate Sunfield, and he did a nice job for us. But we've had these open, transparent conversations about we're happy with Jared. He's our starter, but we need some pieces in that room overall. Does that close the door on a quarterback in the first round? No, I mean, because I, I think until you extend him, uh, this is very much general manager speak, right? Yeah. Like I, 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 you know, he's been, he's been reaffirming that Jared is the starter as has Dan Campbell uh, since the season ended. So that's nothing new. I And I think all people that are, you know, making their projections are almost universally think that Jared Goff is going to be the starter in 2023. The question is really just beyond, right? And and so he does leave the door open a little bit, which is smart business for him because he doesn't want teams to think he's taking quarterback off the table because that, you know, limits his ability to make trades and stuff like that. Uh, at the same time, uh, he de- he's very correct in the fact that behind Jared Goff, they literally have no one, uh, literally no one uh, right now. And so, they do have to get some stability. They wanted that stability. They and they had two guys they thought could give it to them, and they both and they couldn't, and so they cut them. They got both, and they were like, "Hey, this is your opportunity to shine." And both of them just crapped the bed, and they went, "All right, see you later. We're gonna bring in some guy that's never played for us before, and he'll be great taking snaps and kneel downs and victory formations." And um, so yeah, I, I, it didn't change a whole lot from you know I think what. Not for me, anyways. It didn't change a whole lot. My perspective, perspective a whole lot. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you there. Like it, it wasn't, it wasn't over the top. Like we love Jared. He's our, he's our guy. Like we're not interested in a quarterback. And I don't think you're, aside from having like a very elite guy that, you know, wouldn't have even drawn a question like this. I don't think you're, you're going to see a lot of general managers that are like, no question, quarterback is off our table. We don't really hear that from general managers. Um, you, you you often hear the opposite though. Like we, I think we've heard from a couple GMs this week saying like, yeah, we're looking at the quarterbacks. We're looking hard at the quarterbacks. <laughs> um, that's not obviously what this is, but I think you're right. Mm-hmm. Like I think, I think it doesn't completely shut the door on it, but you, you know, let's say the lines are interested in the quarterback, but they kind of have this situation where they might not go for quarterback. If they are interested in quarterback and don't want a lot of teams to know about it, what are you going to do? You're certainly not going to go out and be like, nah, we don't like Jared Goff. We're, we're looking for a quarterback. Then everyone's <laughs> going to try to jump you, right? Right. So you kind of have, like, if that's the case, and I'm not saying it is or isn't, I'm still of the belief that the lines are, 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 are very comfortable with Jared Goff and won't go for a quarterback in this draft. But in the case they are, this is the kind of thing that you would see where a, a very, I wouldn't even say a very tepid, a, a, a strong backing of, of Jared Goff, but not mm. completely closing the door so that we can't point like you lied to you. If they go pick a quarterback, he didn't lie to us technically here. 
but he left the door open on smidge. What I also <laughs> find kind of interesting here is like, this is a clear indication that they have backup quarterback high on their priority list. Like he quickly shifted the conversation there of like, we got to figure out who are, are like, we, he, he more or less said we screwed up last year. Right. Saying like, yeah, well, we, yeah, they, we were sliding into home at the very end of training camp. We still don't have our quarterback situation or backup quarterback situation figured out. Like we got to get that in order this year. I mean, they couldn't have given them, given Blau or Boyle a better opportunity to win the I mean, they had every chance there. And and Campbell straight said it before preseason game three. He's like, this is their chance to win the job. Yeah. And when they both were terrible, they both got cut. Yeah. Like that. I mean, they, they had every chance that they couldn't reach the bar. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I do think the draft makes sense. Um, it could help your long-term stability. I think maybe bringing Sudfeld back since they seem pretty happy with him. Again, we don't know a whole lot about him, right? Because we've never seen him throw a ball in the Lions uniform. Right. Um, so, he like, practice really? I mean, we, right, he throws him right, practice, but. right. But I mean, like, not com- a competitive throw, anyways, right? right? Um, so, yeah, I mean, they're going to have to be smart about it because, you know, it, it's it's an important position that it requires uh, some attention, even if it's not drafting one in the, in in the first round, they're going to have to find a way to probably add a guy that they are confident in. Yep. And, and Holmes, I think even mentioned in the interview, like we're going to look at free agency. We're going to look at the draft. Like all those are options for filling that, that backup order. And and you know, they probably do both. If I had to completely guess is whether that means bringing Sudfeld back or another veteran, um, they're going to add, they're going to add some guys. Um, I mean, I, I, Go ahead. I was going to say there was, I've seen some questions in the chat and I, I'm sure we have another question about like, who would you add or, or something yeah. along those lines? Um, I think uh, most, most of the, the options are, are on the table. Like, you know, if they don't add one in the first, that's going to take your top four guys off. Um, I'm not a huge advocate of, if you're of, of drafting a guy in the second or third round uh, top 100 picks, you, you want to be contributors. And if you're drafting a quarterback at that stage, uh, and you because you believe that they can be a contributor, well, then you probably would have thought enough of them to draft them in the first round, right? Yeah. So you're typically now looking at day three. And so now um, I think after those top five, Tanner McKee and Hendon Hooker are going to be the, uh, the most popular choices. Uh, then it's going to be some stylistic matches. Uh, do you want a West Coast guy who's accurate and tall? Then you probably like a guy like Aiden O'Connell. Uh, Jake Hayner is going to be on the shorter side, but he has more of like some of the it factors. Yeah. Jalen Harrell is um, in that kind of similar mold, smaller, but he, you know, he, he's got some intangibles about him that are really neat. Um, I'm not as big of a fan of like the, the really good college quarterback, like, uh, like uh, Duggan or, or Stetson Bennett. I'm not as sold on them transitioning to the NFL, but like, I there you could convince me that like McKee Hooker or one of the other guys that I mentioned like those guys would all be upgrades potential long term quarterback twos um, that I think they could feel confident in. And I'll be interested to see what they do because if like day three is their their choice there, I'm not sure that's your primary backup. I think I think you want someone who can <laughs> because of where the lines are at, right? Like, sure. I. I the past two years, I think I, I've said it a million times on the on this podcast. I don't care about the backup position. The lines aren't competitive right now. I don't I don't care who's back there. I just don't. Now the lines are competitive. And now 
the Lions have been lucky with Jared Goff through two years. He's barely been injured. He missed what, what one or two games in, in 2021 and none last year. They're going to need a guy who can step in there and potentially win a game for them. And so mm-hmm. that's why I, I'm, I'm hoping they go a veteran quarterback route in free agency. And then you want to add your day three guy who can develop into a, a backup. That's, that's my ideal blueprint for this position. Are you sold on a specific guy in no. free agency or, no, no. okay. So like, are you, would you be like, Hey, they brought back Nate Sudfeld. That's good enough for me. It's hard for me to say. Cause I don't, I don't know. Uh, I, I would say, no, I don't think he's played enough for me to be confident that he can come in and, and win a football game. Okay. Well, so, so here, let, like if we look at the free agent list real fast, right? Mm-hmm. Like Lamar Jackson's, he's going to get franchise tag. Sure. Uh, Daniel Jones, I don't think is the option, especially at the price tag, right? Tom Brady's retiring. Chino Smith's probably going to get tagged. And so now you're looking at guys like Jimmy Garoppolo, who's probably going to look for a starting job. Right. Uh, so you're probably not, and his price tag is going to be up there. Um, yeah. Jacoby Brissett, uh, the the Carolina quarterbacks, Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold. Like, are you are you are those guys that much better than uh, than, than Sudfeld? Uh, now, I like Teddy Bridgewater personally. Bridgewater? But I think he's I think he's going to cost a lot more sure. than what you would pay Sudfeld. Um, but like the the guy I, that I've been circling a lot is is Andy Dalton. I know he's not a great quarterback, but he's a guy uh, who like you don't have you don't have to teach him a lot. He's what, 30 something, 38 ish or something like he's going to come cheap. He's been a backup a, a couple places. So he's 35. Um, mm-hmm. But he's a guy Still. that that you, there's not a lot of teaching that needs to go into this. You can just kind of plug and play him. And maybe maybe he's one of those guys that's just like hanging on the waiver wire in, in October. And if you hit an injury, you can just sign him off the off off the waivers or off him off the, the free agent pile. Um, mm-hmm. but that's I, honestly, that's the kind of guy I want. It's just a guy who knows how to play an NFL football game and you can throw in there. He doesn't have to be amazing. That's not, mm-hmm. I mean, you're not looking for that in a backup generally anyways, just a guy who like, you don't need to coddle just he's there in camp. He can, he can be the old head that can be in Jared Goff's ear. And then, continue. so you want an older guy, not necessarily like a Gardner Minshew or something like that, Correct. right? You prefer somebody with some more seasoned experience. Personally, yes, I think that I think that makes the most sense for where the lines are now. And then you pair that with a young developmental type. I do think it would be interesting if they were able to get like a Josh Dobbs back, sure. Um, because but I do think Tennessee is really going to push to keep him personally. But um, I think Heinke's going to stay in Washington. That's kind of my guess. Uh, I know he's another guy. I know the chats mentioned him, um, but yeah, I like, I, I've always been a fan of Bridgewater. Uh, I, I think he's going to cost probably more than they want to spend, which is my, my biggest concern, Right. but he's a guy who could, if golf were to get injured, you could feel pretty confident with him. All right. We're going to move on from the backup quarterback talk, but we're going to stay at the position uh, because this is an interesting question from at biting egg at big biting pig on Twitter. And I think I know where he's going with this question, but he says, how was there such a big disconnect between the media and the NFL last year with Malik Willis? Every media personality thought he was no worse than a late first round pick. How did the, the entire NFL viewed him as no better than a third round prospect? Uh, how did his not, how did his true draft range not get leaked to anybody? Um, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that 
the position is such a different entity than the other positions out there yeah that it gets approached differently and it's such an important position on the field that teams are often willing to sacrifice even for mediocre talent they're willing to sacrifice high level picks to make sure that they get their guy that it can at least make them competitive and um inevitably you see that in in every year you, you end up seeing like a couple of guys that make sense and so last year they seemed to have like again they they thought um they thought there was like three or four guys that could probably make sense in that first round. Turns out it was only Kenny Pickett, right? Uh, but Malik has a lot of things, had a lot of things going for him, still does, that I think were translatable or they are they they fit the style of where the league is going, right? Yeah. Mobile quarterback, big arm. That's a blueprint that a lot of people fall in love with and teams fall in love with. And there's there's this longstanding like, uh, way of thinking that teams believe that if they get a guy that has intangibles, they can make him a good player. Right. And that's why you draft him, right? And that's why you draft anybody in the top 100. Even And, and, and so Malik goes in that top 100 because Tennessee says – we there's enough there that we could think we can do something with him. And so um there's a learning curve for him in you know it was a bigger learning curve than I think most people pointed out or were anticipating. But uh I think it's just it's such a position that people that teams are willing to gamble on historically that most people assumed that's where his value would lie in that first round because that's where teams uh, tend to gamble. Like I said, even on yeah. uh, even on average talent. And I think I think the scarcity of quarterbacks in last year's draft played a big part in that, right? Yeah, yeah, for because, sure. Because I mean, you, you you figured like there were there's always a lot of quarterback needy teams, so you're always going to mock like. And this is this is how it works in the in the actual draft, right? It's very rare that it yeah. goes by that there aren't at least three guys picked in the first round at quarterback. And last year there was one. And, and 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 a lot of people were wrong about which one it was going to be. So I think the fact that there was a scarcity of quarterback talent meant that all the quarterbacks just kind of rose up the board in the media. Yeah. Um, this year it's not the same because I feel I feel like it's not mentioned in the tweet itself, but it feels like this is also kind of an Anthony Richardson question, right? I think there's a concern that Anthony Richardson is now seeing his name rise mm-hmm. up the board and people are saying he's QB2, people are saying he's not leaving the top 10. This is different, right? Can we can we admit that this is different because there's no scarcity of quarterbacks anymore, right? There's three yeah. guys already mm-hmm. that people think are going to be in the first round, and now he's jumping some of those guys. And I understand why people are making the comparison. It's the physical traits and and sure. the lack of production in college or the mm-hmm. the the inconsistent production in college. But mm-hmm. this feel this is a little bit different, and I think it's it's one the jump has happened earlier in the like we're not even at the combine where I feel like a lot of Malik's stock rose after the combine. And and because there's those other quarterbacks that are in this class, this doesn't feel like people are are putting out mock drafts reaching for a quarterback when when there's already other ones mm. available. Yeah, I think if you watch the like the game film on a lot on the on the, the those two different players, there were more there there were clearer errors in, in Malik's uh, game that you thought you could overcome. That could be overcome um, 
He had a terrible offensive line, and because of that terrible off- offensive line, you saw him make uh, poor decisions with pocket movement. Uh, he didn't stay in the pocket very long. He didn't move in the pocket very well. Um, he only he typically did be- be- better once he would escape. Uh, you don't see that with Richardson. Richardson hangs tough uh, because he's bigger and stronger, and uh, he's more confident, and you can see him – manipulate the pocket better you can see him navigate himself within the pocket uh decision making is you can see the flashes uh you know of like really good decision making but then like you can also see the inexperience yeah. uh whereas with Malik it was almost like him making the same decisions over and over and you were like well okay he just trusts himself um but I, I think with Richardson the bottom line for me is there's enough flashes of like elite talent, not just not, he's not just talented. Like Malik is, is, has the talent skills. Okay. Like Malik can be a starter in the NFL. I think with, with the proper development, he has those traits with Richardson. He doesn't just have the traits. Those traits are elite, which is why people are going to be willing to gamble. But that's also why everyone is putting an asterisk on him going, or he could bust, right? Because he could, because yeah. it happens all the time, right? Uh, but the elite, he's so elite in certain areas that teams are going to say, well, maybe I can fix him, right. right? Maybe I can take him to that next level. And uh, it's it's just a, it's a, it's a unique evolution in how the quarterbacks are being evaluated in today's uh, NFL. No arguments there. Um, we'll continue, I'm sure, to be talking about Anthony Richardson all the way up to draft night. Um, let's go. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about free agency, though. Let's drop back to free agency. The Pithy Party on uh, Twitter asks, is it possible we see a low number of free agents brought in this year to maximize the losses of Chark, Mani Oruwariye, uh, Brown, Anzalone, in an attempt to get more picks? I'm sure, I assume he's talking about uh, compensatory picks. Yeah, uh, trading for Ramsey wouldn't count in this, correct? Uh, correct. Uh, trading for a player does not uh, influence compensatory pick uh, <clears throat> formula. So if the Lions were to trade for Jalen Ramsey, even if they were to give him a contract extension, that would not count against a compensatory pick formula. So, Eric, mm-hmm. do you think the Lions play the compensatory pick game this this year? And maybe since... Uh, like, I, th- I think it is, it is reasonable to believe that they could lose Chark and that could make a difference. Evan Brown, I think, could make a difference if someone gives him starting money. Um, probably not Amani, but Anzalone. No, Amani's in trouble. Anzalone, possibly too. I would say, um, could work. His I don't way think he's going to make an. I don't think he's going to make enough to really it, it, get into yeah. that comp formula. To be honest, I think honest. he's looking for enough that would that would make it. But I don't know if anyone's going to pay him that much. So, right. I don't know. Do you, do you think it? It's my general opinion that people, that fans and analysts obsess over compensatory picks a little bit more than general managers do. But do you think the mm-hmm. Lions might play the compensatory pick game here? I don't. I don't because, um, one, I don't think the level of talent in the free agents that they're losing is high enough that it's going to offset the level of talent that they're going to want to bring in. Right. Yeah. Um, I get building through the draft, but if you sign one really good player, that's going to wipe out Chark. You know what I mean? And that's your best if you lose Chark. And that's going to wipe out your best guy. Um, and then you're talking about 
maybe screw if you don't bring anybody else in, if you just bring in like low level guys, one, those low level guys have to be less talented than Anzalone. So you're not gonna be happy about that. Yeah. And then there's still might factor into the formula where they might even offset anyways. Like the, the, the compact formula for it, it gets, it gets very complicated, but there's literally a, a bottom to it. Okay. There's a cutoff point. And like, even if the lions signed one guy and that guy offset shark and Anzalone or even Evan Brown, let's say Evan Brown is your next best guy. Even if he's the Lions Nespex guy and the Lions don't sign anybody else, it's still possible he falls outside of the cop pick formula right. because there's that many other better free agents ahead of him. So, like, it's not just a matter of what you lose. It's if you lose a guy that isn't even good enough to fit in the cop pick formula, you're still not going to get a cop pick for it. Right. right. So, uh, I don't think they play the game. I don't think they need to. Um, and I don't think they want to. I think they're going to, they're going to try and, get better and that's where their focus is now compic stuff will come uh you know down the road uh as the team gets a little bit more solidified and they maybe can't afford to keep somebody yeah i'm I'm with you there i think i think the lines are in a spot right now where they can spend and i think i think they will and you know they, they've certainly set a president that they want to spend a lot of their money on re-signing guys and i don't think this this offseason is going to be any different i think there's a bunch of guys that they will re-sign but there's going to be money left over and i just i feel like the lions are in a position right now and they know it where they can be competitive i feel like they think the window has now opened and yeah. and, and listen they, they want to keep that window open long term so they're not gonna they're not gonna go crazy in free agency they're not gonna go on a big shopping spree but i think it no matter what Brad Holmes said, and I know he said this in in his end of season press conference that like strategy doesn't change, we're we're building the long hard way. I don't completely believe him. I just don't. I I, you... I feel like if the opportunity arises, and and let's also be clear, they've taken shots in the past. In the past two years, it just hasn't worked out. They've gone mm-hmm. after big names. Like they, there's reports that they went after Bobby Wagner last year, right? And they and it didn't mm-hmm. happen. The reports that they went after John Johnson didn't happen. Mm-hmm. They, they they just do it smart, right? Like they, both, they aren't going to spend both free well, agents. Both, by the way, yeah, they're both they're mm-hmm. both now free agents again. Now, um, they're 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 taking swings, but they're they're you know they're being smart with them. They're not going yeah. crazy with the money. And now now that they're a good team, now that there is a path to championship, I think their hope is that they're going to make those same swings that that aren't you know they're not they're not putting they're, everything they're, into it. They're looking for doubles or opposite fields, triples. They're right. not trying to hit home runs. And I think they're offering, they're going to be offering similar money in the hopes that now, now we've set a culture here. Now, now yeah. you guys know about the Detroit Lions. Now you guys see that we're close to a championship. We're one of those teams that where when you have guys like Bobby Wagner who are, are on the free agency and you know their main goal is, hey, I want to sign a team that can win a chance, that can get me a ring before I'm out of here. The lines are hoping they're in that conversation now. And now that they they don't have to make as big a swings, they can they can convince people to come here because the culture is good, because the team is good, because you've seen guys get paid and 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 play at a higher level when they're in Detroit. They're hoping all yeah. that pays off so that they don't have to be a team that just spends ridiculous money. I don't know if it's gonna work, but I I think they're gonna spend. Yeah, I think they're gonna. But again, I I agree with you in the fact that it's going to be reasonable spending. Yes. Like, um, but no, I'm also I want to circle back to another point you made 
um, they I, they absolutely have to believe that they're competitive. The way that they finish the season, you don't wear a villain shirt to the combine if you don't <laughs> think you're going to be competitive. You know what I mean? Right. Like like you wouldn't like the this is a this is a swagger that they are putting out now because they've been winning and it's one that they deserve. So wear that white hoodie and uh, <laughs> flash it, show it around to everybody, set it on fire in the middle of Indy at the end of the, the night and show them like that you're unpredictable. I don't care. I mean, it's I'm, I'm here for all of it. Yeah. It's awesome. Just, I mean, how would the last time we've been able to, you know, metaphorically, shake our tail field shake our tail feather you know like (laughs) in in a in a smaller way we're the cock of the walk right now because this team is 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 playing pretty darn well and and listen if 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 the rest of the league hasn't taken notice yet they will um and yeah so it's a good time to be a lions fan and hopefully the next couple i mean free agency is two weeks away eric i know it's all gonna start coming Super fast here. Absolutely. Gonna, starting tomorrow. Starting tomorrow. It's just starting tomorrow like, with the NFL whoosh. Combine and all those fun drills that everyone loves watching. Um, but anyways, uh, we'll be here throughout all of the fun here, giving you the latest Lions news, opinions, and answering your questions here on the Midweek Mailbag. Again, if you want to join us, make sure you uh, follow us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Pride of Detroit. Join us Wednesdays around 1230 p.m. Eastern. We answer all the questions that you have. But that's going to do it for this week. Thank you for joining us. It's chaos. Be kind. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.